Football Fridays here on the Zone Sports Network and coverage of the Raiders game against the Colts on Sunday is brought to you by America First Credit Union, the exclusive home of the official Raiders debit card. Same great features and benefits now with silver and black. Learn more at AmericaFirst.com slash Raiders. Time to welcome in Lincoln Kennedy. You hear him on Raiders games right here on the Zone Sports Network along with Brent Musburger, and he's a Pac-12 Network analyst. That's how we originally started talking to him. But, hey, things evolve over time. Lincoln, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy holidays to you and all your listeners. I don't know why this is, and it's something that's wrong with me, but for whatever reason, I expect college athletes to be all emotional, riding the roller coaster inside of games. And with pros, I expect almost nothing bothers them. They've seen it all. There's swings inside of games and inside of seasons, and I just expect them to roll through it. But I feel like the Raiders haven't been the same since they played the Chiefs the second time. I feel like they're a much better team, and I'm not seeing it. Uh, did I overestimate the Raiders? Has the, is that the game with the Chiefs taken something out of them? What's going on? Well, here's the thing. Um, as I look back, uh, the game with the Chiefs exposed some of their tendencies and their predictability. And it has always, not always been, it's been a, a usual uh, routine late in the season where Gruden's, especially offensive play calling, has become somewhat predictable. And that's what you see. The Chiefs prepared for, um, were ready. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo, defensive coordinator, good good guy, nice nice man for a friend of mine. He, uh, he prepared well for what the Raiders do running the football. And he took those runs away. The Raiders are still able to complete passes and stay in the game. But... You saw the following week against Atlanta that Atlanta took them out of the run game altogether. They prepared for their runs. They stopped their their signature runs, and the Raiders didn't have a recourse. I thought with the Jacobs injury going into the New York Jets game that the Raiders would be a little bit more creative. They might open up and try some things different because Devontae Booker was going to be their running back. Well, they did to a degree, but it wasn't efficient enough. They ran the same play like five or six times and tried to run play action off of it. I don't even know if they if they completed the pass, but it was uh, it was an easy call from my vantage point because I saw that it was happening. And this is a problem. This is a staple that John Gruden normally gets in. Um, so from that point forward, there's my point is that in the last three games, there's been a considerable lack of balance on offense. This offense needs to run the ball well to have some to, to have bounce to take the pressure off of Derek Carr, or it's going they're going to have trouble winning. I.e., last second, you know, touchdown, help, you know, long pass for a touchdown uh, to beat the to beat a team that you should have beat, uh, the New York Jets. That puts them in a position they are right now. So going forward. They either got to get more creative or they got to get less unpredictable uh, when they're out there because right now the defenses have a key on what the Raiders like to do run-wise. So is it reserved only for Brent Musburger to be able to call you Big Link? No. no. Okay, Big Link. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a little weird, but I like that. Yeah, he did. of course. <laughs> so we had, the, obviously, the controversy with the Jets and the blitzing. Right at the end of the game and then the subsequent firing of the defensive coordinator. What's your take on that? Greg Williams is a scapegoat. Greg Williams, you know, I think the Raiders had 64 plays, 67 plays, somewhere around there, offensive. He blitzed on over 40 of them. Why are you surprised he blitzed on the last one? This is what he's always done. This has been his signature. I mean, so the fact that Adam Gase decided to fire him afterwards just made him a scapegoat. He wants to fire somebody of his crew because he knows he's on his way out and wanted to try to make it seem like – because he had pretty much after that game, uh, if you listen to the excerpts of the, the players, the, 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 the locker room was pretty much lost. Greg Williams lost the locker room. 
because the players felt that they had that game. And this is why when you talk about tanking, it's so hard to, to convince me that players are tanking for the same fact that you know coaches can tank because coaches can put them in a bad position. That was a bad position. There was no reason for Greg Williams to blitz. Had no reason. You, 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 you didn't need it. You could just sit back. They need a touchdown to beat you. You could sit back and give up yards and run the clock out. They didn't have any timeouts. So, but, but players aren't going to go. You aren't going to the locker room and say, hey, man, hey, hey uh, DJ PK, I don't want you guys to play your best today because we're, we're, we're trying to get this first-round pick. <laughs> that doesn't happen. So, so uh, you know, I, I just thought he was made, made a scapegoat. Yeah, I always figure that you've got to sit players if you're going to impact a game. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter if it's NFL or NBA because players are not invested in bringing in young players to take away their job. Exactly <laughs> that's, right. that's, that's, <laughs> I want my paycheck. Forget about that. <laughs> uh, the uh, the Chiefs are eleven and one, but they are no longer blowing teams out and forty points and going nuts. Uh, they have played four straight games now that have been decided by six points or less. They haven't blown anybody out since they blew out the Jets and Broncos back-to-back. Is it what you said about the Raiders where somebody figures something out and then somebody else sees it on film and they copy it and maybe improve it a little bit? Or are people catching up to them a little bit? Or they know they're in the playoffs and we're just seeing 80% of the Chiefs and that's why you No, I do believe close. people are catching up with them a little bit. If you go back a year ago when they played the Tennessee Titans in the AFC Championship, Tennessee kind of threw a little wrinkle at them. No one really expected. Let's rush three and kind of spy, drop eight. And they, they really tried to cloud the middle, uh, clog up the middle with a, their zone or, or you know, hybrid men, uh, man coverages. I think people like the, uh, Belichick, when they played New England, took it a step further. The Raiders used it when they played them. And they beat them the first time in week five. So kind of people are starting to get a little bit of what they can do, what they can do against this team. And, and it's, you know, the teeth of their game has been able, the ability to stretch the field and come underneath Travis Kelsey. And, you know, people have found a way to get, uh, take that away a little bit. More importantly, people have also found a way to get pressure on Patrick uh, in various ways, which always deters a good quarterback. So I think everybody's kind of catching up. It's not going to be those blowout games, but still Kansas City's in, in the driver's seat. I, I still think they're a better AFC team than, than Pittsburgh uh, as far as a Super Bowl caliber team. Team. So um, they're, they're still holding now. So we saw Sam Darnold. You had an opportunity to get him up close, and looks like the Jets going to have the number one pick. We know Trevor Lawrence is out there. Uh, should they be peddling Sam, uh, Sam Darnold? Do you think he's got a future in the NFL? I do think he has a future in the NFL. And and I'm see, I'm probably in the minority here where I think of this this type of mindset. Now play with me if you will. If you're the Jets. Okay, and you say that you want, uh, or you you know, right now you hold the number one pick. Wouldn't it be right now? They've got eleven picks in the the twenty one draft, which includes two first rounds, one second round, and two or three third rounds. Get two or three, something like that. Third rounds. So just play with me for a moment. Uh, if you're the Jets and you're holding on the number one pick. You trade Sam Darnold to, let's say, the 49ers, because I think that's where he's going to end up going out west anyways. Uh, goes to the 49ers, you get more draft choices. Then you take that number one pick and you trade back to somebody who really wants Trevor Lawrence because there is proposed to be five quarterbacks that can go in the first round. I say that to say this. You can make out you – you, this, this, this Jets team has a lot of holes it needs to fill. And I don't think Adam Gase is going to be there. Um, uh, but even if, if he found naked pictures ownership and he was able to keep them, um, I think that it would behoove them to just turn over this roster. Do like Miami, do like the Raiders, turn over this roster, go com- as young as you could possibly do with playmakers and, and, and start fresh there. 
Um, and of course, I've been you know talking about this for the last couple of weeks because I think it, it's, it it makes sense. It's logical if you want to go that route. Uh, I think you can make a big impact and, and just get away like gangbusters with a bunch of draft choices and totally rebuild this team. So with quarterbacks getting traded and lots of guys getting drafted, what should the Saints do here going forward? Do you think they try to bring Breeze back for a year? Do you think they help him out the door? Maybe he just goes on his own, so it's easy. Has Taysom Hill shown you enough that you trust the franchise to him and say, hey, you were 3-0 and as a, as a backup quarterback getting the start? Or does this come down to really the star here is the Saints coaching staff? Because those guys are now 8-0 and with a backup quarterback over two years, and nobody does that. I, I think you have to move on. Because I, I'm sure you guys will agree, even when uh, Drew Brees was in there, he wasn't he he wasn't as strong as he was in years past. Age is beginning to catch up with him. Don't you agree? Absolutely. And in yeah. another year, it's only going to yeah. show more. Yeah. So so rather than ha- having the the, the painstaking uh, of just you know watching a quarterback sort of collapse in front of you and, and doing away your season, you've already proven that you can win. Just you know, offer Drew something. Hey, why don't you come work in assistant coach, or you know, take a year off, enjoy yourself, then come back. You know, but uh, but but show him the door because it's time to move forward. If you don't, it's forever held over your head. You see what I'm saying? It's 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 it forever affects you. Now, who knows how far the Saints go? Um, if if they go like they've gone into playoffs and exit playoffs, you know, you might you might have Sean Payton who's crying for another year for for Drew to come back. But I think he's already shown that they can move on and they can win without them. It's time to it's time to make it official. So at the college level, Lincoln, we've seen the ACC and men rules, obviously the Big Ten, to favor their teams, to put them in a best position to get in the playoff. And we got the Pac-12, and you could have an undefeated Colorado, you could have an undefeated SC, and have an opportunity to have two undefeateds play next week in the final. But they're saying, nope, we're not changing the rules. And I just can't defend the Pac-12 management anymore. Why in the world are they doing this? To me, it seems like, and potentially harming their own product. Stubbornness. It's been that way. It's been it's stubbornness. Uh, and and I honestly think until they figure out a way to get a either commissioner or someone to overlook entire you know Division One football or whatever they call it FBS, it's going to always be this way. I mean, the Pac-12 has not done itself any favors by. One not being able to stand up to the to, you know to be a you know a, con- a consistent playoff contender, uh, but two also losing you know valuable bowl games in the past and and you know for Washington what they did when, during their run, uh, not making it it's just not the Pac-12 is just not respected unanimously and then the Pac-12 does this on their end, it makes it hard. I mean it really makes it hard to to even defend them and I'm right there with you. You, you, you can't. It's it's stubbornness from the TV package of the Pac-12 and everything else. It's stubbornness. So, is there any chance that Utah upsets Colorado? I mean, it's only a two- or three-point spread. It's not that big an upset. And actually, yeah. <laughs> it's the same with UCLA and USC. Do you think either one of those teams win? Because at least, even though we know they were knuckleheads and they're stubborn, at least they don't end up with two undefeated teams because either UCLA or Utah comes through and, and beats one of the undefeateds. Do you like yeah, one team's uh, yeah, chance more than the other? Things, yeah, I think these things kind of even themselves out. We, we'll, we won't necessarily you know, have to uh, be trying to defend an undefeated by the end of the season in the Pac-12. Oh, so so you're saying that you don't think that that'll happen? No, I don't think it'll happen. Okay. All right. Well, it rarely does in this conference. uh, Absolutely. That's you know, for me, I don't know how you guys feel, but I appreciate it. I like competition. 
I mean, it's not it's not a foregone conclusion. You know, I didn't like the fact when everybody said, well, Oregon's our best chance, our only chance of getting any representation in the playoff. They have to go undefeated. And you look at their schedule, and I was like, their strength of the schedule is soft. So, I mean, even if they go undefeated, it's not going to have a good – you're not going to have a good record. So, you know, but what I like about this conference is that – on any given day, you can have you can have a, 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 a Arizona upset in Oregon. You can have you know Washington lose to to, to someone like, like they've done at Stanford. You know who's, who seems to be down this you know was over when they came and played Washington. I mean it can happen, and that's yeah. that's parity. That's competition. <clears throat> we put we I think in the media world we invest so much in undefeated, and it's hard to be undefeated. But you have people back east that play that schedule game. Like like Alabama, they they will put one of their big rivals or one of their strong rivals behind a bye or a cupcake, so they're ready for them. You know, Ohio State does it, Clemson does it. You know, so it, it, with the, especially with these conferences that are top heavy, we've got competition throughout the Pac-12. I respect that and appreciate that. And 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 the fact is that you can't schedule them out, and you don't see the Pac-12 doing it because they're, I think they're the only conference that plays nine conference games. So I love the competition. Yeah, the Big 12 and the uh, – actually, the Big 10 started with eight, but they've gone oh, to nine now. And and guess what? Those are the leagues that get left out. The leagues Absolutely. that get in all the time are ACC and SEC, and that is mostly because of Alabama and Clemson, but they're also yep. the leagues playing eight. The Big 10 yep. always got in when they had eight, and they've been left out a couple times now since they've gone to nine. So people just yeah. look at the final record and whether there's zero or one loss. It's really yeah. not much more complicated than that. That's exactly right. Yeah. All right, Lincoln. Well, we appreciate the time. Thanks for checking in with us, and we will talk to you again next week. Pleasure, guys. Thank you. I'll talk Lincoln to you Kennedy, Big Link, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. you got to growl when you say it. If you don't growl, what's the point? Big well, I'm Link. not Brent Musburger. You know? I didn't know if that was reserved. I mean, Bruce, I'm me. Yeah, I know. He's, he's Brent. Brent Musburger. Right. Yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. Brent can say that. You, not so much. All right, DJ and PK brought to you in part by Jerry Signer Cadillac. Get 0% financing for up to 72 months, plus a $2,500 purchase allowance on a new 2021 XT4, XT5, or XT6. Shop your way at Jerry Signer Cadillac.